1: Everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. hey everybody
0: this is part two of our power episode if you want the full context go back and listen to part one also we go with that like i need a moment like this is way too much i need a moment right back into no one man should have all that power wow so the stress of the power is definitely like ramping up the clock's ticking i just count the hours is now feeling even more grim which is something we talk about all the time i feel like choruses on a lot of other artists songs are really stagnant it's the same energy all the way through but yay all the time is always ramping up the energy on the chorus by the verse preceding it and always kind of turning the screw a little bit more right um which is also like a 1800s french book no who wrote turning of the screw do you know this i I do i know henry james that's right I don't think Henry James is French. I took a (laughs) gothic (laughs) literature class in college. Is it Henry spelled with an I, Henry? No, good old why? American born British author. Huh. Look at that. What do you know? Anyway, (laughs) Uh, we go from stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power, which we had heard before. Uh, Now the chorus extends till then fuck that the world's ours so it's kind of a a, a circling back around that same energy we talked about in the first four lines of like yeah we rolling like i'm a superhero gets countered by the last four lines of like this is way too much and now the the tension like the clock's ticking i'm tripping but then it's rejected right the superhero aspect this like megalomania or uh, confidence comes back in yeah, like fuck right. it the world's hours uh and they say and they say and they say so he starts repeating that idea of they say um which you could apply that to like the world's hours like that's something that they say and you could view it as kind of sarcastic play on the world's ours. but you could also view it as like him dismissing all the stuff that they say. Right. He's just like, the world's ours. I'm a superhero. The haters are going to scream. They say, they say, they say, they say, but like, whatever.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, again, like you, you basically said it all perfectly, but I just love that. Till then, fuck that. The world's ours. Like, again, gets at everything we're talking about. The, this almost denial of what's, Everything that's going wrong. Like ah, like if they're gonna keep uh if they're gonna keep uh putting us down and like disenfranchising us, like we're gonna fight back, we're gonna fuck everything up the other way. Like, let's just keep going, guys. And it's it's almost like he's speaking to an army, yet like who is Kanye speaking to? Like he's talking this this song, I feel like completely uh the imagery I get from this song is like complete alienation, like a cane alone at the top, and like I don't know what force he's gathering together. It it, it reminds me of of Yuzis as well. Like he just feels like a lonely person at the top and he's surrounded by nobody.
0: Yeah. And he's not handling it all no, that great. The,
1: the, that's the the energy of the song is like you can tell that like he senses that, that he is alone and that he's not getting through to people.
0: mm well, that idea of like, and they say, and they say, and us relating it to haters yeah. plays very well. Because we saw like the bit of connectivity uh, from the like the verse into the chorus. And now we're seeing a bit of connectivity from the chorus back into the verse. Like, and they say, and they say, and they say, and the very first line of verse two is fuck SNL and the whole cast. <laughs> like, these are people who are like talking shit about him. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to talk about uh, South south park
1: yeah
0: wait that was the last song right yeah that was the last song which yeah um uh, but i was thinking of the bill hater stuff yeah. that we had talked about <laughs> that bill Hader wrote the south park episode or co-wrote the south park episode that made fun of kanye the fish sticks one and bill hater was also part of whatever snl skit that i can't remember that pissed yay off so badly um, I called him Kanye, that pissed Ye off so badly. <laughs> and so he's like proud of being the person that got shouted out in both of <laughs> both of these songs. Um, but Ye had had a, like a very good relationship with SNL. Actually, yeah. they were really well known, not really well known, but it was known that SNL never changed the staging for any artist. So if you showed up, you just performed on the stage as it was yay was the first artist in snl history that they allowed to do special stage am, right yeah and now it's just like the normal thing but it was a big deal and they did that for him like he had premiered songs on snl he even played this song on snl which blew my mind he changed the second yeah. verse to something a lot different so like this whole SNL stuff was out of there, but I feel like that's not uh,
1: a clip you ever, it's like one of those SNL clips you can't find online anymore. You know?
0: No. And it was so interesting too. Like I thought that verse was pretty cool. What was the other song they did? Is uh, it runaway on that performance? It might've been like a shortened version of runaway yeah, a short one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we get like, you know, fuck SNL and the whole cast. They were mocking him at that time uh tell them yeezy said they can kiss my whole ass <laughs> love it uh which is just a setup for him saying more specifically they can kiss my asshole which is a jay-z reference it sure is. uh actually so on the song 99 problems one of the big like breakthrough singles for jay um i've got the rap patrol and the gap patrol foes that want to make sure my casket closed Rap critics that say he's money, cash, hoes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zapatos, you'd celebrate the minute you was having dough. So the rap critics is something that he's responding to. And then he comes with the line. I'm like, fuck critics. You can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Uh, Got beef with the radio if I don't play they show they don't play my hits so yay on 99 problems is really like kicking off the song talking about industry tensions like tensions with critics and some of the the flack that he's receiving which is exactly the energy yay is bringing here and like the 99 problems concept. really ties in with the energy. Like Ye feels like he doesn't just have ninety nine problems. He has nine ninety nine. He has nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. Yeah. Which is the max damage cap in Final Fantasy it games. Is, yeah. you know? I, we all know that. Yeah. Unless you get like a limit break item or like a well, the limit break like of course. A, like a, a breaker item right final fantasy 10 you could apply like a weapon skill that lets you break the 9999 barrier yeah. then it's ninety nine thousand nine hundred. so
1: wait is it anything like getting the star in mario where like you're in you're invincible
0: uh not invincible you can just do more damage okay
1: you know you can still take I damage, do but you just you just do more damage so it's more like when mario gets those little fireballs he can throw at people
0: yeah, it'd be like if the fireball did the damage of, like, five fireballs.
1: Right. It's like getting the great sword in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, or the, sure. Or the giant sword. Is that what it's called?
0: I never played Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I
1: know. I just, I'm trying to fit in, but it never works.
0: I know. Yeah. I, I I played one time where it was, like, a save file that somebody had. <laughs> And I just tried grappling hooking everywhere and found out that if you kick the chickens, they murder you. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I had no idea. I don't know why that's the one thing I did in that game was kick a chicken, but... I do it to this day. What? You don't You don't kick the chicken. You hit him with your sword. Oh, of course, of course. If you could kick in that game, that'd be cool. Yeah, just be kicking everything. Kicking Ganondorf. Oh, man. Kick him right in his nutsack if he has, if he has genitalia i don't know you know that's a question for the next game <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> wow we've <laughs> gone way off track the search for Gannet. yeah um oh. so yeah more specifically they can kiss my asshole so ye's like really going there he also had like a similar reference on gorgeous uh talking about uh they can kiss my ass x o's uh, and then says i'm an asshole you guys got jokes like sarcastically like just like oh you got jokes you're so funny it's like ha 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 uh and goes you short-minded guys thoughts is napoleon so uh napoleonic complex were like short men napoleon was like one of the greatest generals in military history but he was also like five foot tall or like five, two or something Mm. though. There's theories that he was actually like five foot eight, but he just had bodyguards that were six foot five or something. (laughs) So he looked smaller than what he was standing next to them. Uh But regardless, Napoleon is historically thought of as being like short King size of things. Mm. And that it fueled this complex that he had to be like larger than everybody else or like, condescending to others like he had to show off he was powerful because he was so small and i've known a couple people like that Mm. um i I, like a a few people in my life where it's just like they just couldn't be normal (laughs) they had to like try flexing all the time and it was really like awkward how much they tried to like it's like what tom cruise does right yeah, Tom Cruise is like a an example of that. Where I'm sure Tom's like a nice guy, but you wonder if he has to make up for a lot of like feelings about his heights. We had somebody in my fraternity that was like that, and was just like, ah, "You're coming on too aggressive. Just everything you do is too aggressive."
1: It's hurting my neck looking down at you. Like, please stop.
0: Yeah, which like me and him were almost eye level, but like I don't say the things no, that you're, you're normal. saying. Yeah uh so here he's just kind of calling it like but instead of them being like physically short he's saying like you're mentally <laughs> you're mentally small yeah, yeah. and like you act tough because of it um and then he says my furs is mongolian wow. so it's like you're just like small thinkers while i'm like a bigger thinker and like rich and might be making a comparison between napoleon and like genghis oh, khan sure. who's also one of the like Leading military generals of the time and much more of a terror than Napoleon ever was.
1: Yeah, Genghis Khan. I feel like he he he's his uh power and land stretched way further than Napoleon.
0: Yeah, he was a fucking menace. Don't they? He had like so many kids that he accounts for like two percent of the world's population or something. I've heard that. That I've heard that. That's completely bullshit. But I still think it's hilarious. it seems like complete bullshit, but it's <laughs> it's hilarious nonetheless. Uh, so it might be like a contrast, like you're Napoleon where I'm like Genghis Khan. Uh, my ice brought the goalies in, which uh, we'll see like that a little later with the diamond encrusted piece, but the ice just being like diamond jewelry. Like the amount of diamonds that he has, the ice that he has since uh, high quality diamonds have that iciness to them uh so he's just like i have so much ice the same way he has so much furs that like he brought the goalies in so i guess it's like a like a hockey rink and you need the goalies (laughs) i
1: love all this like it's (laughs) we're supposed to like care about this guy's plight again it feels like the opposite of new slaves or not the opposite but like a little bit of a twist on it like new slaves he he's fighting these very important battles, like stuff we can agree are big problems in America, very immaturely. Like, like I'm going to fuck your Hampton spouse and I came under Hampton blouse. Like, he's saying ridiculous things here. Like, my first is and my ice just brought the goalies in. Like, he sounds like a junior hire, like, at a playground fight, you know?
0: <laughs> like, brushing his shoulders off as he brags. Yeah,
1: it's just, it's so perfect for this character who... Like, this is the point he's been pushed to. He's been pushed to the brink where, like, he can't make it. Like, everyone's against him. So this is all he has left is to just insult.
0: And he kind of gets at it. Like, the self-awareness kicks in in the next line where he says, I embody every characteristic of the egotistic. Oh, I love that line. So it's like, it. yeah, I embody every characteristic of the egotistic. So it's like he's, he's aware. After just going on this egotistical, like, eight lines or six lines, whatever it is, he's like, no, I embody every characteristic of the egotistic. (laughs) Like, I know exactly what I am. And then refers to himself in the third person, which is so funny because... Oh, no, he doesn't refer... Instead of saying like, Kanye, because it would have been Kanye back then. Kanye knows he's so gifted. He just says he knows. But going with that third person still shows that self-awareness. He knows he's so fucking gifted, which... You know, just a year before, March 27th of 2009, uh, Ye was on a song called Gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, who was the song even for? What was this? I remember looking at this earlier, like, NASA? Yeah,
1: who who are they? Ah, no idea. We should have done some research.
0: NASA, yeah, NASA is a bit of an odd group. While NASA does consist of artists Squeaky Clean and DJ Zegon. They rarely appear on their own songs, which are mostly remixes of classic Brazilian tracks. Instead, they act like a massive get-together for rappers from the North and South Americas alike, putting together famous artists like Kanye West, Ye, Genius, and DMX with lesser-known ones like uh, Charlie Tuna and Karen O. Oh. If anything, they're more like a record deal for up-and-coming artists. Okay, so they're like so,
1: DJs, right? You know, like
0: DJs, DJs always feature people on songs? Yeah, it was produced by NASA, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I um, mean, I'm looking
1: at the song, Licky Lee and Santa Gold are on it. Like, they're too... They're not, like, giantly popular, not Kanye West popular, but they're they're pretty popular. Yeah? So So I didn't know they were all in a song uh, together. That, that warms my heart. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And Ye has the the first verse on the song and the song's called Gifted. And at the end of the verse, he's just like, uh, I'm in first and y'all in second. And this verse only add to the freshness. Call to the club, tell them add to the guest list. What you think? Way more bitches. I can never be too big for my britches. Y'all motherfuckers know who this is. I'm gifted. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. What? <laughs> the
1: britches line, did Kanye come up with that line? i hope so
0: that the jay then repeats d, d, oh too big for my bitch yeah wow i didn't think about that Whoa. fucking ridiculous yeah Steal. that's interesting stealer thief. <laughs> thief? <laughs> hail to the thief um but like you have the song called gifted i don't know if yay would be like he knows he's so fucking gifted like shouting out that song specifically i don't know how popular it was yeah um but then there's also this nina simone uh song that you were talking about as well it's an adaptation of the play of the same name Um. by simone's close friend and iconic playwright of the civil rights movement lorraine Hansberry, um and it's to be young gifted and black and it's this kind of like positive song, Young, Gifted and Black, oh what a lovely, precious dream. Dream's a keyword here, right? Yeah. As that's come up a few times. Uh to be young, gifted and black, open your heart to what I mean. In the whole world, you know there's a million boys and girls who are young, gifted, and black, and that's a fact. You are young, gifted, and black. We must begin to tell our young there's a world waiting for you. Yours is a quest that's just begun. Which gets back to like ideas in Afro America, uh Ideas you were talking about in White Man's World by Tupac. This acceptance and this idea of the power that you possess. Mm. And Ye being like, yeah, he knows he's so gifted. Uh, I mean, We know that he's familiar with Nina Simone's work. Uh, Nina Chop, you know, famous. Uh, blood on the leaves with strange fruits. And then it wouldn't surprise me for him to be making a reference to a song like this and the idea of potential right yeah right. young gifted in black it's like the potential of the black youth in America is so great is what Nina seems to be saying and this precedes yay going into a lot of talk about his childlike creativity yeah right. like his like youth and his gifts and his potential that's now feeling challenged so it's like yay's embracing this attitude that Nina Simone's talking about. But society, America, is ripping it away from him. Yeah, which is what we're talking about on the album—not just about like Ye's relationship with America, but the black experience with America, just America and the powers that be ripping potential from people in general. I mean, this is just like
1: the genius of Kanye. Like, uh, people again can keep yeah. rolling their eyes. Okay, no, I met 2010 version of him um it the um god no i lost my train of that.
0: <laughs> uh the genius of yay people can keep yeah people i know get annoyed
1: that it, the way we talk about samples but if you really i mean you're looking at these samples and again how much they serve as a contrast to power in particular and setting up this thread of of um the potential that you have like everything you're talking about potential you have to realize as as a black man as a black person in this country as somebody who was never supposed to make it and how that spells his journey for the entire album and how like he feels dejected and can like never find himself like can never become whole because of the system that's working against them like these songs are really all these songs he's sampling and possibly interpolating or setting up this idea of of the right path to take, and he keeps taking the wrong path. Like he keeps trying to find this dream world that's promised to him that that he can manufacture out of fame and money and wealth and power, but he never finds it, you know? It's, it's just insane that like all of these songs create that contrast.
0: Yeah, and I could imagine somebody being like, well, any song that would be used, you could probably find some connection to if you're looking for it. It's like, maybe. But, like, uh, I no, just... I think, don't think so. No. Like, I don't <laughs> think... No. There have been times no, where
1: Connie's... No. Like, we've met a dead yeah. end of a song, so...
0: Uh, so we get, I just needed time alone with my own thoughts, which gets back to schizoid, right? Like this idea of being like separated alone. Um, so he just wanted time alone with his own thoughts, which also gets at him leaving America. Right. Um, got treasures in my mind, but could it open up my own vault? I love that. One of the best lines. Yeah. So much like they're these great things that I know are in there, but I can't get to it. <laughs> like, because society, right? Like, he says he needs time alone. And the implication is that because I'm surrounded by so much, I like all the people saying things, SNL, all of this, that I can't open up the vault. I'm too distracted.
1: Yeah, right. Also, kind of gets at yes, it definitely is saying that, just based on the fact that he sees he's saying he needs time alone, but you could also look at it as there are these treasures in his mind and he's seen and he knows they're there and he has his time alone, but he still can't get them open. This whole idea of yeah. like you're, you're your own worst enemy again, like the underlying message of the
0: song. Yep. And some of these treasures he talks about, like my childlike creativity, purity, and honesty. So it's like, I possess these great aspects or these like wondrous things like childlike creativity, like a childlike purity and honesty, uh, which yay recently, like recently, like 2018, 2019, 2020 started talking a lot about like children are geniuses. Children are pure. Like we should all get back to thinking like children and trying to put yourself back to that place of like purity and potential so, it's something that he talks about here, but is still very relevant to him, I think, today. Um, and gets back to what the potential we were just talking about in the Nina Simone right. song. Yeah. This idea of like to be young, gifted, and black, like his childlike creativity, purity, and honesty, these like gifts that he has, um, they're honestly being crowded by these grown thoughts. And that's what he's talked about in 2018. Like the kid, the example that he gave was you have a kid that stands up on a table because standing on the table makes them feel like a superhero, like Superman. But they're in a restaurant and all these people glare at the parents and shame the parents. So in this moment where the kid is just doing something to feel brave, to feel powerful, to like rise up in a world where they're so small, the parents are then shamed by others to tell the kid to get off the table. And it reinforces in the kid, this negative view of like, you can't do that. Don't do that. You're small. And I think that's what he's getting at here. Like the grown thoughts of society telling you what to do, how to do it, what you can't say, who you can be are crowding out these childlike aspects of him that give him power. Yeah. Hmm. It's, um,
1: I mean we said at the beginning of the season like it'll be interesting to talk about this album and l- compare it in, in light of like Connie's recent behavior I mean you're talking about 2018 yeah, yeah. but like stretch that to today this this idea of like rejecting monolithic thought this this idea that was once empowering and like something you could embrace and and see as a way to live your life like it becomes trou it can become troubled at some point. When you become so enthralled in in politics and choosing sides and sticking it to a specific group of people you have uh, perceived as sliding you and holding you back, it becomes something a little more dangerous. And like you could see how it can grow out of control to think like he was saying this kind of stuff back then and how pure and... um, Introspective, it was to see it grow to like what it's become today. It's just really interesting to think like power, a song that already feels out of control, like really, really, really got out of control. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. You kind of, I mean, Ye released that video last week. Uh, there was just kind of documentary footage that Nico, is videographer, had taken. And at one point, he talks about how he's at a point where he just needs to shut the fuck up and be creative. And it's something he even said in 2018 when he tweeted about Candace and he's like, my eyes are open. I realize I've been used for things that like, I don't believe in or aren't like what I do. Like I'm just going to focus on being creative. So we have multiple times where he's wanted to just focus on the creativity to focus on the art, to focus on doing like great things. But then it's like you do see the the grown thoughts, the frustrations, the being told no, yeah, crowd out the childlike just desire to create and leave him in this place where he's fighting everybody. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. It it just keeps happening over and over. Yeah. Um, and then the idea of like childlike creativity, like the innocence that's there, it does make me think back to dark fantasy and the bridge, uh, not even just the bridge, like the start of the second verse, uh, where he talks about like teacher, teacher, tell me how do you respond to students? We talked about, uh, the reference on that song and it being like talking to like other, like the hip hop world, Mm. but also really getting at this dynamic of like the teacher and the students and yay asking like, how do you respond to students? Like, how do you talk to the youth? How do you, like, tell them things? And that song, Having the Bridge, where it talks about, like, at the mall, there was a seance, just kids, no parents. And the sky fills with herons, and they saw the devil and the Christ Lula baron. I feel like when we first talked about it, that was very mysterious and cryptic. Mm. But now that we're kind of getting this aspect of it, of that the country is fucked, and you have all of these kids that are growing up in this world that is trying to... where the schools are closed and the prisons are open, right? Mm. Where you have all these people that are going after them that are taking away the childlike aspects and only causing them to grow up faster and be left with the grown thoughts. It starts to feel a lot more apocalyptic for future generations. And even tying that back to who will survive in America, it really does seem to feel like Yay is focused on future generations youth like all of this and how they'll possibly like handle it but also what that means for him and his like his own innocence yeah right
1: again more tension and um, just this idea that like you're both fighting for yourself now and fighting for the future like the amount of pressure you're putting on yourself the amount of change you think you're gonna enact the generational change it's it's all way too much. He needs a moment, man. Yeah. Don't we all
0: into our one forty eight, <laughs> but <laughs> We're not even
1: to the third verse.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, it's moving a little faster maybe. Uh, but reality is catching up with me. It feels like a big line too. Cause we talked about how the first three songs are kind of grounded in reality. And this idea that reality is catching up with him, I think implies wanting to run away from it. Uh, And wanting to get away from reality, which is something that he's been trying to do. He's like something that he even talked about on 808s and Heartbreak uh, with Pinocchio's story, right? Where he's kind of putting his life into the context of fantasy or the Pinocchio story. And it's like, yeah, reality is caught up with him for these first thongs, these first songs. (laughs) And he's going to jump out the window and get back to like the fantasy. So yes. this song is really setting up the the retreat into fantasy because reality is becoming too much. Yeah, fuck. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Taking my inner child, I'm fighting for custody. Oof. Um, and you can kind of see it too is like what's left when your inner child's taken. When this gifted part of you is taken. Like it's monster it's so appalled it's uh devil in new jersey like these like heavier songs all of the lights where it's like a darker version of yay than what we've seen on these first three songs That are a lot more thoughtful a lot more reflective a lot of the egotism and like the worst parts of the the character on this album are in the songs that follow this where his inner child's gone and he's just like left with the shell of himself. Man.
1: Now, I will say that we had a bit of a break here, but Ghoul of the Fields is back. <laughs> I don't know why he waited till now to continue the chess references. It seems like there were plenty of opportunities beforehand. um But referring to these five lines, Kanye, he wrote Kanye. So I'll, 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 I'll sub <laughs> in yay. Okay. You're off the hook. Yeah. Ye has been charging forward in his fast-paced chess career, but he has been neglecting other aspects of adult life, such as building a family. He knows that one day he will have to retire and start a normal life. What's charging charging forward in his fast-paced chess career? (laughs) (laughs) I hope this person is fucky with me.
0: Do you ever just charge forward in your fast-paced chess (laughs) career?
1: Move the pawn like five spaces and the guy's like, dude, you can't do that.
0: Like, stop trying to take my inner child.
1: <laughs> this ghoul of the field's like, you're a genius, I have to say it.
0: Maybe that should be our next shirt is some just like <laughs> chess reference. Fast paced chess career. Holy shit uh okay with i'm fighting for custody with these responsibilities that they entrusted me uh, it's funny that all of the lights now becomes him fighting for custody oh
1: man wow i'm so glad we're going back through this album
0: yeah that's actually really interesting so we get like the realistic which is like the metaphoric him losing his child and then the very next song is the fantasy world where he loses his child wow fuck wow and then it goes into monster Insane. Oh my God. Okay. It's all connected. <sighs> it makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, with these responsibilities that they entrusted me. Yeah. Right. Like, as, as this artist, as this person, like, I mean, you could even view it like not just the responsibilities of being like a musician or being a celebrity, but also maybe the responsibilities of being like uh, an outspoken. Black man that's representing, yeah, like the black experience in America, uh, especially with like the Malcolm X reference at the beginning. No one man should have all that power, and now he's reflecting on these responsibilities that he's been entrusted with, and he's looking down at his diamond encrusted piece, and ah. Uh, we gushed over this when we talked about the song before, and it's still I think. Lines ever yeah one of the best yeah in any discography it's like incredible because okay you have the duality of as I look down at my diamond encrusted piece and piece either referring to like a piece of jewelry like the same way that he talked about his ice brought the goalies in right, right. Um or it's a diamond encrusted gun like a piece and it's like you have this blinged out weapon and you're thinking about the responsibilities on like either side of that, like the celebrity that's rocking bling, or even like Diamonds from Sierra Leone, right? Yeah. Where he gets his he gets his Rockefeller chain and he talks about being able to throw up like a diamond with his bare hands. Um which that was the OG. Diamonds from Sierra yes. Leone. Right? Yeah. But making a diamond with his bare hands that, but just this idea of like, you have this Rockefeller piece and the responsibilities of what it means to be like an artist with them, uh, what it means to be a celebrity that has like the riches that he has or like the King. Right. But then also like the weapon and what's it mean to have this weapon and the implications of when do you use it? And are you using it on someone else, or are you using it on yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a huge part of the song, like him jumping out the window at the end. Yeah, and the the piece becomes symbolic of of everything, or everything you just talked about, <laughs> of this life you've been chasing, this 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 uh, this fame you've accrued, this wealth you've accrued you now have this diamond encrusted piece like you're so rich you can have like a diamond encrusted gun yet this gun will also be the end of you just like fame that brought you the diamond encrusted gun it will yeah. be the end of you. it's i mean at that at, i i'm speechless like it's the the line leaves me speechless it's crazy it's so
0: evocative it's so powerful like you can see it like just this gun that's sparkling from all these diamonds and it like sitting in the palm of his hand and like what's what's it mean to have this
1: thing and it's in a moment too like I mean the song's incredible and just the image it paints you know because this whole verse has been him like ah these people make fun of me I'm an asshole you got jokes like kiss my asshole I'm Mongolian you know he's just going at him and then like we shift this i need time alone with my own thoughts and suddenly he creates this space where like he's alone and he's like going through all of these thoughts and then at the very end we get this image and this whole time he's been having these thoughts and thinking about like what he needs to do to to make it out alive and and to embrace this childlike part of himself he's been holding this gun he's been looking down at it the whole time like that's insane evocative imagery
0: he's putting together yeah i love that so much and the the verse like we talked about the you mentioned the divide like four lines and four lines of verse one the second verse it's eight lines and eight lines it's 16 total and uh the first part is fuck snl all the way to he knows he's so fucking gifted And then it's just I need to time alone with my own thoughts, too, as I look down at my diamond encrusted piece. And as you're saying, like the dichotomy between those is the same dichotomy that we saw in the first part of like, yeah, we roll in like having fun versus like this is way too much. Yeah. And then more parallel construction. (laughs) The intro ends with I guess every superhero needs theme music. The first verse ends with this is way too much. I need a moment. So already like the superhero is cracking. Yeah. And then by the end of the second verse, it's looking down at this diamond encrusted piece. Wow. And like yeah, things are starting to feel very overwhelming. Um and then I know people would talk about like how he says diamond encrusted, they hear like dying man, which he had like the oh. Jesus piece. I don't know how much i buy like i can see it i don't know how much it like matters or changes something anything Mm. like it's definitely diamond encrusted there's no like but if you want to make reference to the specific jesus piece that he had at the time sure like it's at least worth like noting but i don't think it like Mm. adds or detracts all that much unless you want to say like Ye's also relating himself to like someone on the cross yeah
1: i mean i don't really buy it like google the fields didn't say anything about it so i just don't think there's any <laughs> valid validity
0: to it uh you make a great counter argument <laughs> uh so then we come back like and it's as i look down at my diamond piece comma thinking no one man should yeah. have all that yes. power <laughs> crazy right it, like the connectivity right we talked about how it goes like the first verse into the chorus and how it flows well and flows out of the chorus back to the verse. And now it's the same thing. Like the thoughts connect to the chorus and he's looking at this gun thinking no one man should have all that power. And he's the one with the power. So it's like I,
1: dark. I'm not going to be able to rank these sounds at the end of the season. It's like a it's yeah. an 11 way tie for first.
0: And the clock's ticking in that context.
1: Holding the gun. Oh, my God. And knowing what's about to come. Oh, my God.
0: And then he tells himself, stop tripping. Like, get it together. But I'm tripping off the powder. So now drugs are in it, right? Wow. It's no longer the power. The power has led to him, like, using cocaine. Like, he's now taking drugs and just, like, high now. Like, fuck it. The world's ours, you know? Uh, and then he repeats the, and they say, and they say, and they say, and goes into Colin power, Powell's Austin powers, Colin Powell, which I like, love that. <laughs> right. Colin Powell at the time was the secretary of state for George Bush or no, not at the time back in the day. Yeah. Um, before that, when, yeah, before that would have been like the, I guess the Katrina stuff cause he's kind of referring to like Bush era administrator right. and then. Uh, Michael Myers, who is standing next to him during the George Bush doesn't care about, yeah, black people. Um, So it's like you get a reference to Ye's like impact on the nation, right? When he spoke up and then he goes into lost in translation with a whole fucking nation. Also worth noting that Austin Powers is somebody with jokes. (laughs) So you get a little bit of parallel construction (laughs) with like SNL or Austin Powers. Um, but Lost in Translation is a movie reference as well. I mean, it's a common phrase, but it's a Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson movie that's amazing, Sofia Coppola directed. Um, and he's an a famous actor who is in Japan for a whiskey commercial. <laughs> what is it? For a good time, make it a Santori Oh, Santori, that's right. Yeah. Um, and they keep having him like, say it over and over yeah. again. But... It's really a movie about like transience and connection during transient times. But Ye is saying, like, I was lost in translation with a whole fucking nation. Like, it's not just Bill Murray and like other people. Like, or maybe that is like Bill Murray being lost in Japan. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like being lost with a whole fucking nation where you can't communicate properly with them. Yeah. Which is exactly what's going on right now. Well, yeah. I mean, it specifically
1: Um, recalls the taylor swift incident and what he was trying to do and nobody understood what he was trying to do it i mean no. rightfully so i <laughs> all he did was run up on stage and steal an award away from somebody
0: yeah it was just like beyonce had the best video of all time and it's like yeah you could have said that in so many other ways and methods and Not
1: in that moment but i yeah. mean he was he was speaking to something larger like this black artist who had a powerful like black centric video can't win this award. Like it's ridiculous. Like I, I, again, you understand what he's going for it, but Boston translation, like nobody knew that's what he was doing.
0: No. And the irony being that she won best music yeah. video. Just wait like, like overall. 10 minutes, but it's still like annoying because it's, it's like, stupid. well, if she won best video. She should have won best like female video.
1: Yeah. That's really dumb. Like it's, um, it's like, It's like when Kanye got, uh, Donda got nominated for Best Rap Album, and it was the only rap album to get nominated for Best Overall Record, but then did it win Best Rap Album? Like it made no sense.
0: Yeah. If only one (laughs) rap album gets nominated for Best (laughs) Overall Album, how can it not win? It's just so stupid. Uh, But yeah, so we talked about this dovetailing or this song kind of overlapping with his Taylor Swift aftermath. Hmm. And Lost in Translation with Whole Fucking Nation is definitely it. They say I was the abomination of Obama's nation. So now we kind of like go like 2005, 2009 and catch up to like that 2009, 2010. Like it goes from Bush with Colin Powell to Obama now as president. And people were like saying he's like the worst person in America, and even Obama called him a jackass, crazy on a hot mic, and that became like a whole big thing. So it's just like Ye really was for a period of time the most hated person in America. <laughs> it's
1: just crazy, and to think like what he's hated for right now, like it makes the Taylor <laughs> Swift stuff look so ridiculous. Like who gives I a
0: shit? would, I would trade. So many things for the controversy right now to be as simple as the Taylor Swift interruption. I think if in 2022, say the Taylor Swift incident never happened. Yeah.
1: If there was no aftermath.
0: It, like nothing would happen. Or if like culture today is the same way that it was in 2009, yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. People would have just been like, was yay right? <laughs> and talked about it. But because there was still like some boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the energy from like the eighties and nineties was still present in the world. uh, It was just like an abomination. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But what a, what a rhyme abomination of Obama's nation. Incredible. Like that's 5,000 hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't get that an hour 500,
0: you know, you got to no, work towards no, that. No, no, which is such a good, like, I love that line so much. Um, and then that leads to and again like the parallel construction of going and they say and they say to like things people are saying about me mm-hmm. uh, and he responds with like well that's a pretty bad way to start a conversation <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't like that that's not like not a good way to talk uh, and of course the the pushback right there's this moment of vulnerability and then the moment of rejection at the end of the day god damn it I'm killing this shit like the ego kicks in yeah. as a defense mechanism um i know damn well y'all feeling this shit and he says i don't need your pussy bitch i'm on my own dick (laughs) what a line which actually uh is probably a reference to a kaya song called hit her up which of course is a play on a tupac song and the intro is yo kaya this bitch tried to diss you and she says is you serious (laughs) And the first person responds, hell yeah, I'm serious. Talking about she the baddest bitch, that bitch bad? And Kaya's like, serious? She says, I'm serious, yo. So then Kaya's just like, all right, it's down. Uh, bitch tried to diss, but she lame, she ain't finished. Now she about to feel the wrath of a menace. Bitches, I hit him up. Uh, and there's a line in here where she goes man i love you little wheezy but that ain't your baby rotten body corroded bitch can't even have no baby jesus little wheezy tighten up boy i'll have your baby i got the pussy dizzy bitch but i ride my own dick (laughs) Hmm. uh but she's independent so she talks about like independent fucking major like i we caught like an interview with her and she's like 13 years independence. So she's very proud of being an independent artist, which I don't know if that's where like I write my own dick comes from, Mm. but (laughs) yay, uh, it seems to be invoking this, which might seem like such a a wild thing for him to call back to, but you recall our Kitsy ghost season. We talked about how yay made a reference to I'm the best man. And it was, like, a callback yeah. to some, like, YouTube-famous rap battle that's just, like, a meme rap. And this kid's, like, uh, I'm the best man and has oh, yeah. such was a, like... What kid's name? Gosh. I forget. It was funny, though. Like, the, the raps were, like... I mean, they're, like, high school kids yeah. doing a rap competition. It wasn't, like, great, but it was hilarious. Wow. <laughs> and, I,
1: I'm going to go watch that video as soon as we're done recording here.
0: Yeah. So, Ye makes, like, references to like very esoteric things like that. So I can imagine him, especially the, the Kaya song came out. When was it? It was, I think like 2008 is when I saw that it was out. I hope I'm not wrong there. Um, I can't find it. Well, we'll just go. For, oh, wait. Ho- yeah. Hopefully it's not, uh, Yeah when was it it was uploaded september 5th 2017 to youtube but i don't think that's when it came out um anyway i i think it might be a, a reference to yeah. that song and yay is like responding to haters in this song the same way that kaya is in that song right Oh my God, I can't get the... I'm trying to get like the Genius page to pop back up and I keep (laughs) clicking the wrong thing and the song keeps playing in my ear. Well, I guess I'll never find that YouTube page again. (laughs) Or the Genius page. Anyway, um, it's just a reference to that. And Ye is like kind of back in like this scene of talking to people Mm. so we talked about him being like alone with his own thoughts needing to like drift away from people and now here he is coming back talking about like I know y'all are feeling this like but then him like rejecting the girl I don't need your pussy I'm like I'm on my own dick is very schizoid of him Uh, and then I got a power trip which is so funny because that's what he's doing he's like this whole song has kind of been a power trip. It's called power, right? (laughs) I got a power trip who
1: you going home with, like immediately contradicting it.
0: Yeah, like I don't need you. Who you going home with? Like, yeah. like He already said he's like tripping off the powder. We're starting to see some of the self-destructive, especially how we see in the fantasy portion of the album right so much of him is concerned with just like partying women like there wasn't really an emphasis on like relationships there was some like like you know so much head I woke up in Sleepy Hollow but like dark fantasy and gorgeous and even power up to this point were very like topic focused. Mm-hmm. And now, here he's finally starting to get into some of the like superficial stuff that we see on like Yeezus that we're going to see on songs that follow. And it's like he's descending into these coping with the lifestyle, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because like there's such rebellion in this song. He's like, as people continue to discount him and uh oppress him he's like i'm just gonna fight back and make things crazier like now he's just sort of he's not even doing that like he's just um resorting to vices and material things and um surrendering to his addictions like he's just kind of slowly losing that battle and turning inward
0: yeah which is a shame to see it's It's the you same thing that happens that.
1: on Jesus, you know It forces him to like suddenly confront his past and realizing he can't start a revolution, and he just kind of he's forced to deal with his own shit.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, so then we get how Ye doing, which <laughs> asking himself the question and responding, um, I'm surviving. I was drinking earlier, now I'm driving. So, the idea, like that contrast of like, I'm surviving, but by the way, I'm drunk driving. Yeah. So, it now starts to put the idea of survival into like immediate like conflict. Yep. Um, and then he follows that up with, Where the bad bitches, huh? Where are you hiding? So, you see that the way weird. in which his, yeah, his talking about women. And this emphasis on like women is dovetailing with this self-destruction yeah right um and then i got the power to make your life so exciting so this power that he initially had that made him a superhero (laughs) that was going to like help him affect the 21st century right this like large scale thing that he even like kind of sets up with the first verse of like systems broken like you need a hero that's going to fix the system. And then he's overwhelmed again and again to the point where he's just going to use his power to make this girl's life exciting. Yeah, He's not going to use it to save people or like change the, how the system is. He's just going to make this girl's life exciting, which is what we see on Yeezus after new slaves. He retreats into, Yeah what we see on hold my liquor and what's the song I'm in it and blood on the leaves, the materialism, the superficiality,
1: man. And the drunk mm. driving And we're going to see now here, this will be a beautiful death in the outro, like suicide. <laughs> like yeah. what this behavior, what these addictions, what this inability to deal with your demons drives you to, you know, it's, it's uh and we're also in this weird period where um, where um I think Kanye, this is probably around the time he gave the interview, where he said he was contemplating suicide around this time, and he talks about suicide on Cruel Summer. Like, it's just such a prominent part of his, his music at this
0: point. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a, a darker energy to things, and you see it, like, happening in his life, too. Totally. Like, it's he was lashing out in a lot of ways and trying to like get a hold of himself Mm. Um, which is as much of the reason why he went to Japan and Italy and Paris and away from America as anything yeah Um, so now this will be a beautiful death and Dwelly comes in saying I'm jumping out the window I'm letting everything go Um, I'm letting everything go and Ye just repeats how this will be a beautiful death and um, oh yeah, your life's so exciting. Sorry the the play on suicide that's so exciting. Suicide. Yeah. Uh, Cole from the Dissect podcast actually, I think was the first person I heard go deep on this. Uh, the same way that we were like the first people <laughs> to go deep on the uh, hell of a life yeah. masturbation theory. Um, Cole making the so exciting suicide connection. And he actually did a a TED talk and he brought it up and Mike Dean responded saying that it was cool like to hear that that's how people were taking it, but it wasn't something that at least to his knowledge was intended. And Cole had like an interesting point that like if it was intended or not, Uh, the next stuff that you hear, like immediately the next thing you hear is him talking about like a beautiful death and jumping out the window. So it really works. He says, like to quote, he says, I only point those things to note that there's context around the part that supports, in quotes, the interpretation and that I'm not out here trying to sell horse shits. Even with it being coincidence, I still think it's pretty damn cool. Might even like it better knowing that actually. The irony is that the clip Mike saw, I took myself out of context, my fault, not his, because the whole talk was about how context can change the way you hear something. I, <clears throat> I played the so exciting clip twice for the crowd, once without context, and then with context. It would be interesting to play it a third time after giving uh, evidence for the suicide interpretation with the context that it was not intentional, mm. that it was a coincidence, like, how does that change our hearing of it? I'm super fascinated uh, with these types of questions.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's something that we confront constantly in this show. Is like, here's a theory we have about this song, and to so many people, it's going to seem crazy. But even if it's crazy and it makes no sense, like, it's still cool. <laughs> it still makes you think yeah. about the song a little deeper. Like, it doesn't really matter if it's
0: true or not. Like the Afro-America sample. Yeah. Like, symbolic one could have had absolutely... It could be a perfect coincidence, but it it's works a so well. Yeah. So <laughs> I, and there is that whole like theory, like death of the author right. school of scholarship and literature where it's like, you can't, the author doesn't know what they intended. Like they may know what they wanted to convey, but they don't know all of the influences, the subconscious aspects of what they were doing that, Drove them to make a choice, so they might have not realized it's so exciting. Fit, but there might have been something subconscious where so exciting worked in the scope of what they're talking about because exactly of how it sounded right. when said in the way that it was said. Um, it's like the whole death of the author is like you can't listen to anything that anybody that made it says and only look at what's there. Yeah. And that's the only way to interpret art. In which case, we're golden. Yeah, we're, we're home free. <laughs> um, but this idea of like jumping out the window, like letting everything go, letting everything go, and yay himself at the end saying, you got the power to let power go. You get this inversion of things, right? And even if he doesn't necessarily mean like physical suicide, it's like this death of the powerful self, the right. death of whoever had been fighting this and letting go of the fight. And when you do that, what happens? And for Ye, it's this descent into fantasy. When he gives up reality and fighting against reality, he descends into fantasy. He becomes the very end of the song, like 21st century schizoid man, like alone with his own thoughts. And what follows is the fantasy that he, like, goes on in that moment or the the fantastic elements that his life starts to take on which is the equivalent to Dorothy uh finally having the tornado hits and taking her off to Oz so the same way that she like fell into fantasy Ye is now about to fall into fantasy yeah
1: I mean we talked about this like the the how the idea of power changes throughout the song at the very beginning of the song, and even relaying this back to gorgeous, like he has this, he feels this sense of responsibility to society to make like larger change outside of himself. And that's at the beginning of the sound, like really what we're feeling, but like slowly as the song devolves and he just feels like he's reacting to people and defending himself, it becomes very internal and he kind of moves away from society. Again, the exact same thing that happens on New Slaves. As he, like, you know, then goes off into his life and, like, tries to fix all the, the shit he's broken. Um, that's kind of what we're seeing here at the end. It sounds like you have the power to let power go. Like, that's what he's letting go. He's letting go this idea that, like, he has a place in society, that he can do anything, and he's just going to kind of slunk into the slunk. Is that a word? Slink? Yeah, slunk. Okay. <laughs> Slink, slunk. Uh, down into, like, the gross despair you know, despair of of fame and, like, just indulge in the vices and be a ridiculous person who, like, nobody can have a real relationship with.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're rejecting everyone because you felt so rejected. I mean, something, the first clip of the Piers Morgan interview that Ye just did came out earlier today, and he talks about how hurt people hurt people. And a lot of his recent comments were him being hurt and wanting to hurt and it's like you can kind of see yeah. uh, he's hurting at this point on the album and he just starts like externalizing that yeah man it's all connected
1: it's all a cycle
0: mm. we need to get one of those like conspiracy <laughs> the charlie chalkboard yeah, the Charlie chalkboard. Like next episode I should have just like <laughs> yarn running across the the room showing all the connections between songs. If
1: if somebody wants to create that graphic, like just superimpose Chris's face over Charlie's face <laughs> and just like connecting like all the different Kanye albums on a board, like we, we won't pay you or anything, but we'll give you a shout out
0: on Twitter. I remember trying to like date a girl one time <laughs> And like, we're in the like the early stages where there was, like, you know, energy, sure. but not, like, had it, like, really gone anywhere. We're interested in each other. And one day she looks at me and she's like, you know who you remind me of? <laughs> Shia LaBeouf? Nope. She's, like, the, the Charlie guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, you've got
1: some crazy comparisons going in your life.
0: I know. And I was just like, oh, so she does not... She yeah, does not it's see not going me anywhere.
1: The only comparison <laughs> yeah. I ever got was I looked like uh, a fat kid that was in the McDonald's commercial when I was like in grade school. Jeez, Someone it actually happened to me a few times where like some <laughs> old lady would come up to me and be like, "Are you the kid from the McDonald's commercial?" Several times. It happened a few times. When I say several, I That's... mean like, you know, 3 to 5 times.
0: Yeah, that's several. Yeah, okay. That's, that's why well, I don't want people to get the wrong a impression. Amount.
1: It's not like people are coming for my
0: autograph at the mall or something. <laughs> that's still amazing that you have multiple <laughs> people be like, You're the kid and you're like, No. But like No, they're like you
1: exclusively middle aged moms.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really good. <laughs> um That's really good.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. What what's worse? Like you can be compared to Shia LaBeouf and and uh Charlie or or me and the McDonald's kid.
0: You and the McDonald's kid. Yeah, it's probably worse. Like I don't look yeah, like any
1: can, good looking celebrity that I
0: can think of. You can win that one. Um I feel like you have a very unique look. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should really
1: get into the industry like I have a fresh face.
0: Yeah. You just start doing things, you be like the the sarcastic guy yeah. that just has like a, a one liner.
1: One line every movie.
0: <laughs> I can see. I can see the future. They're just like Travis. The way that you said "mm mm mm" was just. That's a. Did you ever expect it would get you a, an Oscar nod? Wow,
1: that's a great tactic for a career because, like, you probably don't get paid much, but you could do a lot of work. You could be very prolific, and you would get paid like a small amount a lot of times.
0: I just like the idea that you show up on like every CSI version that there is or every like <laughs> Chicago fire or yeah. is just like who started this fire and they look over at you and you're just like mm, mm, mm.
1: <laughs> that's all I ever say
0: I love it it's just some <laughs> deal I have of CBS <laughs> uh is that uh what was the Hawaii show um Hawaii 5 is that still on yeah wow is that still on is that still a thing Uh,
1: well it was an old show and then I think it's and then they did they remade it and it's probably still a thing yeah the guy from Lost did they
0: yeah did they remake it in like 2008 and I think it's like a recent thing
1: Uh, I think it was I think it was later than that
0: okay that's good remake series I'm looking up 240 episodes
1: gosh they just churn those things out man
0: 2010 to 2020
1: wow 2010 that is earlier than i thought yeah Damn. holy shit and it's the guy from lost right
0: uh yeah daniel day kim yeah, he's great yeah i remember watching him in lost and just being like he's the best one on the show right yeah, he's awesome yeah the show though okay <laughs> yeah fucking lost <laughs> what a disappointment
1: i'm still fascinated by lost but like i could never watch it again
0: i started watching that show episode two like oh, i wow. missed up ep- like live like 2005 or 2004 it comes out and it's like fall of 04 and i missed the first episode but i catch the second episode with my mom and we started watching it every single week <laughs> And it was the first time I ever had a show hook me like that. Yeah. To where I needed to know. Like, I was obsessively looking what things up on the internet, theories, details. And I don't, I can't tell you how painful it was. Because it's not like Game of Thrones, where it was like 10 episodes a season. We're talking like 20 episode seasons. And they would do like four episodes and have a big thing and then go on like a four week break and you're just left hanging. Like give me the next episode. And then they come back for three episodes and be off for another month. It would take like eight months to get 20 episodes. And then you'd have to wait two years. I fucking hated like what an awful. Yeah. That
1: Damon Lindelof was really fucking with people.
0: He still is. He still is. <laughs> what does he do in Westworld now? He's a monster. <laughs> no, he did. He's a he did Watchmen, and everybody loves Watchmen. Oh, Watchmen, and yeah, yeah. I love the first five episodes of Watchmen. Yeah, and then thought it fell off a cliff, which is my major complaint of Lindelof. It's the same thing with Lost. The first yeah. like three seasons are good, and then he's like, oh no, I have to start tying up loose ends and like concluding the story, and every single thing he's ever done he's fucked up (laughs) except the leftovers and that's because he was working with like a co yeah someone else
1: who knew what they were doing
0: yeah who was the author of the original book and they were like damn great idea (laughs) but why don't we do this thing? why don't we do the opposite that's quality instead of the stupid decision that you want
1: to (sighs) do oh wow do we need to start a podcast that's just like taking down Damon Lindhoff Ha! I would love that
0: said <laughs> too much power
1: oh, over my man. life. We did it today tonight.
0: Yeah. Two hours and 28 minutes later.
1: Oof, I'm not past my bedtime.
0: Yeah. Well, what a song. Wow. You know?
1: Yeah. We did it justice to, or, or maybe we did.
0: Uh, the next episode, we're just doing the, all of the lights interlude. I kind of want to, like as you were saying it out loud i was just like in my head like let's do it it's just like two hours and people are like how do you do uh and somebody yelling at me on twitter and they're like you take you talk for two hours about a three minute song how can we take you seriously someone said that yeah i was like do you know what scholarship is do do they know who we are right you're just now complaining about this But if we did like a two-hour episode on an interlude with no lyrics.
1: again, you're convincing me further to do it.
0: All right. Let's do it. We'll we'll see. We'll talk next week. We'll give Peloton an extra. (laughs) Peloton.
1: I don't even know if they're going to be on the advertising at this point. Although at some point they will be advertising and people could be listening to this power episode, you know. After it came out, so you, this reference could be on point.
0: Yeah, or it, they'll just like dynamically insert something else at that point. So even if it's relevant for like a few months, it might not be relevant in a few years. You know?
1: That's true. Although, in a few years, Peloton could be advertising once again and someone could be listening to this episode a little late.
0: That's true. Or Peloton could just buy the podcast. Mm, stay wavy, keep it loopy. La, la, la.
1: And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Mr. Rockefeller. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky.
0: Yeah. This is the last call for alcohol. for the Mr. So get your ass up off the wall.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty